Enjoying these episodes? Give us a shout out on social at Built On Air. We'd love to hear your comments and suggestions. So drop us a like and be sure to subscribe to catch new episodes when they release. It helps us keep the podcast going. Welcome to Built On Air, a podcast and video series about all things Airtable. On today's episode, we speak with Tanae Pant, author, speaker, educator, and head of developer relations at N8N, an up-and-coming automation platform that can connect Airtable to hundreds of other apps and boast features that Zapier and Integromat lovers will no doubt find impressive. Tanae has been in the technology industry for years and is known for his books, Learning Web-Based Virtual Reality, Building a Virtual Assistant for Raspberry Pi, and Learning Firefox OS Application Development, all published before the age of 22. Tanae tells us about his diverse use of Airtable, both in his personal and professional life. He explains how Airtable and N8N work together. N8N offers an Airtable node with all sorts of options that allow the user to grab one or more records. Then they can pass that data along to other apps, or even manipulate it within N8N itself. In the demo portion of today's episode, Tanae shares two examples with us. The first is an app he built using Airtable, N8N, Typeform, and a product called Mindy that can extract data from an image. Tanae demonstrates how he can quickly and easily snap a picture of a receipt and have that data flow to Airtable, vastly simplifying and streamlining the process of submitting expense reports. The second demo shows us N8N's creative use of Airtable as an internal tool to help on the back end of their site. On a daily basis, the company needs to create JSON files for each application that they integrate with. They use Airtable to store each application name and build the JSON files with a nightly job. Check out the show notes to learn more about N8N and Tanae, or follow him on Twitter at Today1337. Good morning, Tanae. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm really excited to have you today. You've got so much going on. You've like published books before you were even 22, it looks like which is so impressive. And you are the head of developer relations at N8N. Am I saying that correctly? That's correct. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, So what is N8N? Um, Sure. So N8N is essentially an extendable workflow automation tool. So it's, it's, it has a fair code distribution model, uh, which means N8N has like a visible source code, uh, it's a tool that's available to self-host. Uh, it allows you to add custom functions, logic, and apps. It has something called a node-based approach, which makes it a versatile tool. But in very simple terms, I'd say it's something that enables you to connect anything to everything. And uh, our mission at Anything is to give anyone with a computer technical superpowers. Wonderful. Okay, excellent. So it's kind of like a Zapier or Integromat kind of product? Yeah, yeah. Excellent. And how'd you get involved doing that? That's super cool. Um, Yeah, so I have a background in computer science, um, and I'm quite familiar with programming and software development. Um, And I, I got really, I think, later, as compared to other people, like I got introduced to Lego much later in my life. And I found it really cool. Like I've been playing with them a lot. And um, just a while back, I learned about something called the Lego programming language. Have you heard of it? I have not. Okay, so um, they use it in their Mindstorms products. So these are products with which you can create robots. And uh, I dabbled a bit in robotics during college days. 
And uh, so these robots from Lego can be made to move in certain patterns by connecting these pre-programmed blocks of movement. So you'd have uh, blocks of, okay, move forward, rotate 90 degrees, do something else. And when I saw that, like, I was like, okay, this is really cool because uh, it really reduces the effort of making a robot move by abstracting the complexity uh, in different uh, dynamics and physics and so on. And um, then last year I came across NA10 and something clicked at the back of my head. And I could see like the genius of having a node-based system with nodes for concepts like conditional logic along with apps, much like Airtable and uh, other products and services, and you can automate things with it. So for me, this was like finding Lego for the real world. And um, I've, I've been a developer advocate for a while now, and a tool like Anyden for me provides immense value to be able to build real world scalable demos very quickly. And um, as an educator, I need to be able to teach newcomers into the tech world about how things work with the support of this node-based thinking. So for me, um, no code is really about empowerment and NITN allows me to do just that. And um, before that, like I was doing a bit of JS and so on. Um, and during the past years, uh, I was more involved in Python, DevOps world, and I had to make a website for something. And uh, I had completely forgotten how to uh, write HTML and so on. And so much had changed like uh, HTML5 and so on. And that sort of brought me back into the no-code world. I found Webflow and I was like, okay, that's, that's kind of cool. Like uh, this perfectly fits my needs. And uh, yeah, this is how I got reintroduced into the uh, no-code world. And I got into this whole world of automation and building apps like this. That is incredibly cool. I, I love how you compare it to robotics as well, like that kind of node-based logic. That's such an interesting comparison. Yeah. Yeah, I think like, um, I think my first... I, I'm not sure if you can even call it a programming language. Like when I was a kid, I learned this thing called Loco. Uh, you have this triangle, I think, which is called a turtle, and you give commands like move forward, rotate, move 20 or something like that. Um, so, you know, it was really cool to see, oh, similar concepts that have been represented here. So uh, great tool for education. That is so cool. And so it, it seems like you've really got a, a very wide breadth of experience in technology. So you've got robotics and the low code, no code, and you've written books on building virtual assistants. So voice activated stuff. That is just so cool. Could you talk about that a little? Um, sure. So um, like, I think like lately I've been working mostly on um, a lot of automation and no code stuff um, and a lot of exciting things like helping our community automate a lot of cool things and like help them unleash their productivity. Um, so before this, like I was involved in the world of open source and DevRel for almost six years. Um, I think I started off with the Mozilla Foundation. Um, I found one of their products, projects called WebMaker. So it was essentially, you had these blocks as well, which is funny now that I think of it, which allowed you to create like, uh, the aim was web literacy rather than product creation. Um, so I, I got introduced to it and I saw the value and how it helps in educating participated in the projects of Mozilla, learned more about things like, you know, Gecko, internal workings of uh, Firefox rendering engine. And uh, yeah, that was my introduction to the world of open source. And uh, since then, like I've been working with 
companies which have similar values. Like I worked with ResearchGate for a while. Uh, they promote open science. Um, I worked with CreateDB, so sort of open source time series database. And now with Anytime, which is also a fair code tool, uh, which is source code on GitHub. So helping other people make their first contributions uh, to public projects on GitHub. Um, and yeah, um, essentially like I like to describe my role as I, I find new things uh, and I get really excited by them and I just want to tell everybody about them. So yeah. <laughs> And I'm guessing that Airtable was one of those things as well. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So um, like DevRel is a relatively uh, young industry. And I think a lot of our tooling used to be, I mean, well, still is based on spreadsheets. So a couple of years back, I discovered Airtable by this tool called Orbit. Have you heard of it? I have not. Um, so there, I think uh, URL is orbit.love. And um, it's a tool for community-related topics. So essentially, they have uh, you have sort of a CRM with a community focus. Um, and they sort of challenge this traditional way of marketing and sales teams, thinking of communities as a funnel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they say, you know, it's like a solar system with the company or the product at the middle, and you have different orbits. Um, you know, some folks are closer to it depending on their engagement and they have different gravities depending on their reach in the community. So it sort of helps you recognize what sort of different segments are in your community and do community management. So um, I think before they had a tool, uh, now they have a platform, they introduced, they sort of took this concept of the orbit model uh, and demonstrated it by the means of an Airtable. I think if you check out their GitHub repositories, they might be there. And I found that incredibly cool. Uh, they have these uh, different members of communities, uh, tags associated with them. Uh, you could have notes about them um, and different scores based on different activities that they did. Um, and yeah, like uh, I have been using Airtable ever since. And um, most recently, I think with my venture into the world of no code and automation, uh, I've seen the trend of people using Airtable for an area of really impressive things. Um, and one of the most common use cases is I've seen is uh, using Airtable as a database or as a cache uh, for apps like these, which, which is really cool. And um, I think a few months back, a community member, for instance, created an innate and workflow that used a couple of different nodes. So um, we, we call integrations nodes in NATN. Mm-hmm. And it used nodes like Telegram, uh, which is like a chat, uh, program or messenger, uh, Mindy. So that is uh, more of a machine learning tool with which you can like extract data out of images and so on, mm-hmm. uh, and Airtable. So they created a workflow and basically what it did was, uh, there's a Telegram bot. Uh, you take a picture of a receipt, uh, upload it to the bot. It extracts values out of it. It's like, okay, where did you pay? What sort of category it is, value, uh, what currency it is, what's the value? And it stores data sort of into Airtable and then says like, okay, your data has been passed. Like this is the values that came out of it and helps you sort of keep a track of your ex- uh, expenses. So uh, this was really exciting thing to, for me to see. And uh, a few weeks later, what we did was I came across this tool called Bravo Studio, um, which is another no-code tool for creating mobile apps. So how that works is you give it a Figma design. Mm-hmm. It builds an app out of it. And you can feed data into it using one of two ways. So either you can use an API um, or you can use Airtable. And then I was like, okay, um, 
this community member built a really cool Telegram bot. I would love to have an app like this. And, you know, we are already storing data into Airtable. So why not build an app out of it? So um, what we did was we created a mobile app out of this. Uh, we replaced Telegram with Typeform for data submission. And then we populated results of the app in Airtable. And yeah, like I've been really enjoying these different kind of things that people are building with NADN and Airtable. And um, like, yeah, it's, it's very nice to see like how it's enabling a lot of makers in the community. That is so cool. And and yeah, I, I love how people are so easy or, or willing to share their bits and pieces, those kind of building blocks, so to speak, to help everybody build up their app, which I, I, the Airtable community is just wonderful. Yeah, I really like this new trend of build in public. So it's like publicly learning. Um, I, I think it's also the core of good dev uh, but I, it's, it's amazing to see like a wider community adopting that and uh, just learning from them as well. Exactly. So you mentioned, does that app, it takes a Figma design and turns it into an app for you? It does. Yeah. Yeah. That is so interesting too. I'll definitely have to check that out. I, I didn't even use Figma before. And I was like, okay, now I got to learn Figma just to do that. Um, this is fine. My designs looked quite bad, but I don't know. We wrote a blog post on it. Then I requested our head of designs, like, hey, can you please help me make this a bit nicer? And like, yeah, okay. End result was nice. But yeah, I think this is this is really cool. Absolutely. And and do you are you happy with the direction that this that the low code community, low code, no code community is headed in? I mean, do you have any predictions or um qualms with what's going on? <laughs> Um, yeah, I think this is getting even more exciting because um, I think it's a very strong community. Um, like I see on Twitter and all the interactions that people have, how willing people are to help each other. It's, it's really cool. Um, and like I've been seeing people do this build in public thing. Uh, a lot of people are doing these maker sprints where they are uh, like connecting with different people across the world to, you know, create a product in two weeks. I think that's a really, really... Uh, strong that helps build a really strong maker culture which we used to see i think primarily in developer communities before but i think it's it's really nice and um more recently like i think we have been seeing sort of a bit of a shift in terms of how these tools are because i think there was a generation where we wanted like no code tools to be like extremely simple and we did some things like you know like this happens we do something else point A to point B, but now we are seeing, I think with tools like NATN, people almost substituting a lot of their backends for websites or uh, their products with these workflow automations. Um, and I think that's interesting. Like, uh, I think it's become a part of the, like it has been accepted, like, okay, there's gonna be a bit of a learning curve, but we'll be able to do much more powerful things with it. Recently, I think there was, uh, there's an interview by uh, Tom Osman, uh, I think he interviewed somebody from Honest Burgers um, and uh, Ben Ford. So he created sort of a automation uh, and like a basically a backend of a product using GraphQL and so on uh, with N8N. And uh, that Ben, for example, has an incredibly technical background. And it was interesting to see it's like, okay, uh, even programmers are getting into this direction. And um, when I asked like developers in the communities, like why do they feel uh, they want to move into the no code space? Uh, the response is, you know, I can easily build this maybe in three, four days, but with this tools like these, I can maybe build it in two hours. And you know, why not? If it can handle the scale, uh, why not? 
Exactly. Right. And, and if you want to use code, especially in Airtable, you still can, yeah. which, which makes it extremely powerful. Exactly. Are you using the scripting app at all or, or building any custom blocks? I have not done that yet. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely something should explore. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. How are you using Airtable right now? Are you using it internally at NAN, at NAN for anything? Yeah, so we have a kind of uh, funny use case. So like we use Airtable in a couple of ways, but I think um, one of the most interesting ones is, I think I should give a bit of a background for that. Uh, so NAN is a node-based tool uh, and we have around more than 240 nodes right now. And these nodes range from, you know, we have core nodes, which handle logics like if, merge and switch. Um, then we have nodes for apps like Airtable, Trello. And finally, we have these things that can start a workflow called trigger nodes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, examples could be a cron job, uh, type form trigger, Airtable trigger. And um, essentially, we have two no nodes for Airtable, like a regular node, but also a trigger node. And with the regular node of Airtable, you can append, delete, list, and update data in a table. And trigger node, you can get details when updates happen on a certain base or a table. So you know, whenever a change happens in Airflow, that can trigger a workflow in any time. So uh, back to the use case. Um, here's how we use Airtable. So we recently started a project called Node Codex. And the purpose of this project is to sort of improve the categorization of nodes in terms of how they show up in NA10, uh, but also on the website to make it a bit easier to find integrations that people want to use. Um, the nodes by themselves uh, currently don't contain this information. So what we decided is to create node codexes for all these nodes. And these would basically be JSON files with data like you know, name of the node, uh, permalink to their usage docs, permalink to their credential docs, categories they are part of, uh, versionings, uh, blog posts that they are mentioned in, and a couple of other things. Now, the only problem we had was making 240 JSON files. It's like, okay, none of us wanted to do that. So what we did was we created two workflows. What the first workflow did was um, we have a GraphQL API, which is uh, exposed from Strapi. So we get information like names of the nodes, their permalinks, and so on. And we got all the information from there and added it to Airtable. So now in Airtable, what we had to do was only add the categories, maybe uh, blog posts that certain nodes were mentioned in. And um, we added one last column, which was, has it been reviewed? So this is another cool thing of Airtable. You can add those checkboxes. And now we have another workflow, which essentially runs uh, every day or something. And uh, it sees, pulls in all the data from that Airtable. Has this been reviewed? If there's a check mark, go ahead and create a JSON file. After the JSON file is created, put it in the correct directory structure in NA10 so the person can make a pull request. So yeah, like this helped save so much time. And uh, also it's like one of the things that I realized is like in automation space, we talk a lot about efficiency, improving productivity. But another thing that we never think of is mental health. Like, gosh, I, I don't want to create like 240 JSON files. It's just not a very fun thing to do. So, you know, um, like uh, a lot of things uh, like this help help us. Um, and I, I think I realized this when I was chatting with a person who is using NAT and Airtable and a product called Bannerbeer. Mm -hmm. So Bannerbeer essentially allows you to have templates for graphics and then you can use their API. So we have a note for that to say, it's like, okay, there's going to be a photo, maybe some 
different texts in every graphic. So this person runs a mental health startup in India and uh, he had this request from the workshop attendees and he had like around 200 or 300 workshop attendees like, can we get a certificate for this? He said, sure, but he didn't want to create, you know, sit down and create 300 certificates. So he used N810, uh, Airtable. He already had all the data in Airtable um, and Banabir to sort of generate all of these. So then that's that's when I realized like, yeah, you know, we got um, another reason to automate the mundane tasks is to take care of our mental health because I think it's just things like these which can make a big impact. Absolutely. I, I love that you mentioned that because I, I think that's so important as well. I mean, it's it's so nice to, it kind of gives people their time back in their day to exactly to do yeah. other things. Yeah, absolutely. That's super, super cool. And are you using Airtable in your personal life at all to like plan anything uh, for, for your books or um, education? Um, absolutely. So the expense app is something like that was, I think, I saw this idea from the community member and uh, first thought was, oh, I got to use that because uh, this is immensely helpful. And like in DevRel, uh, not these days, but you know, you're traveling to a lot of conferences and you got to keep track of these receipts uh, for reimbursement later on. Um, and like we, uh, in my last company, we, you know, had to fill this up in a, uh, in a software. And uh, this is not also a fun thing to do. And like, it's so easy to lose these pieces of paper. So my original plan was to use this for myself. Conference is not happening so much anymore, but I think this is something uh, that's still useful, you know, to keep things, uh, track of things in personal life. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I saw that post as well. Um, so it's, you literally just take a picture and it loads it right in, right? Is that yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. You know, helps me keep in check. Don't buy too many Lego pieces. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's wonderful. Have you come across anything that you haven't been able to accomplish using Airtable and N8N? Not quite yet. I think we are still at the stage where we want to be uh, using Airtable more than we are right now. And I think there's so many use cases that we haven't thought about yet. Um, because like we have started to do things like these internally um, where we are recognizing, okay, this is something that we are doing every week or every day and we got to automate these things. Um, I think like with more of these cases popping up, we'd be pushing both N8N and Airtable to their limits and see like, okay, uh, what can we do more? Uh, and I think like this is so similar to uh, software development as well. It's like we create a very basic thing and then we're going to trade on it to make it even better than the original uh, manual things that we used to do. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You push it until it breaks and then fix it and make it better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Recently, what we started to do was um, we used to, like we, we release every week because um, we get a lot of community contributions and like uh, have a lot of different integrations and notes coming every week. Um, we had a release post that went out uh, with a nice graphic. Uh, so it had these isometric images and um, that used to be a manual process. Um, and like we started that in the beginning because you know uh, most of us join N8N around at the same time because uh, we are still early stage startups. So it was fine to do that. But then you know every week creating a similar kind of graphic is not a very fun thing either. So you know we automated that uh, with different sort of tools. Uh, realized we hit limits on tools way too quick. Um, 
and also the end result that came out, you know, was okay, but not as good as what a person who has knowledge of design does it in Photoshop. So, you know, uh, we did another iteration on it to sort of learn, okay, how can we programmatically make an image isometric? So uh, I think it's, it's always fun to iterate, go back on these products and see like, how can we make them even better? Exactly. And, and Airtable is continually coming out with improvements as well. It's like, I'll finish something using a wacky workaround. And then the next week they're like, here you go. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. I can go back and refactor everything. But it's wonderful. It does save so much time in the long run. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Um, well, I'm excited to check out what you've been building with Airtable if you want to jump into sharing your screen. Yeah, let's do that. So I think like I'll just show a quick basic demo of like how Airtable works within it in. Uh, I think that will help add context for some of the longer workflows that we have. Um, so, you know, like a new workflow starts with just a start node uh, by itself does nothing. Mm -hmm. And then you can connect different nodes to it. Uh, let me quickly move this down. And you can add a ton of different nodes to it uh, to create like as complicated workflows as you'd like. Mm -hmm. um, so essentially what we have here is, is an Airtable node and uh, you have credentials here. So, you know, you'd have um, API key that you can add um, and then you have different operations that you can do. You know, you can append data, delete data, read, update, list. Um, you'd add your base ID here, the table name and it can return data uh, for you. So I'm, I'm connected this to uh, a table which just has one record and it gets data for you from there and then you can use it for other things. That is awesome. So it can list more than one record at a time. Sure. Um, I think what we can do, uh, I'll show you later, I think. Um, Wonderful. So, okay, I'm going to do a bit of sneak peek here. <laughs> <laughs> so we changed this, and I think it's called Codex, if I'm referencing it correctly. Um, so this is going to pull in the data from uh, the Node Codex uh, base that we had. And see it's uh, pulling data, like it has 244 records. Um, and then you get all the details here. And you also have a table view uh, for a more structured outlook. That is so cool. I can see how that would be extremely powerful. So yeah, this is like very uh, basic, um, you know, two node thing, like how can you pull data into an ATN? Mm -hmm. So this workflow that I was talking about around how we created this mobile app. So I'm not sure how I can share my mobile screen. So I loaded up a video to okay. show like how the app actually looks like, but we can take a look at how the backend of the app looks like. So, you know, here we have a type form trigger. So, you know, I have set it up to, there's a form called new type form because I'm lazy, I didn't rename it. <laughs> um, it's it's gonna take a capture of photo that we can send it. Uh, this essentially uh, downloads the image to n uh, This is uh, the product called Mindy. You're going to be using it to sort of predict and get the data out of the receipt. So we have to structure the data before sending it to Airtable. And the names that we have set for the different values are going to correspond with the column names. So, you know, we have, we are going to be pushing data like amount, merchant, date, time, and a couple of other things. Mm -hmm. And this is going to append this data to Airtable. So here I have the type form. So generally what would happen when you're running the app is this would be set to active mm -hmm. uh, and that's for production. So, you know, every time somebody submits something, it does its whole thing. Mm -hmm. uh, 
But since you want to see the data flow, I'm going to do a manual run right now. Mm -hmm. So this is what the type form looks like. Very bare bones, but it looks nicer in the app. Mm -hmm. So I have a receipt ready here. I'm going to drag it. And as it uploads the receipt, and just so you know, like receipt looks something like out of the ordinary, a crumpled receipt. <laughs> and okay, so what I'm going to do is now execute this workflow. So the webhook uh, is going to be listening for submission from Typeform. And as this happens, you see the data got into Typeform, um, image got downloaded. So I think let's see it from the beginning. Uh, this just contains the link mm -hmm. uh, to the image hosted on Typeform. Here we downloaded it into the workflow. So, you know, we can see the binary data that actually came through. Mm -hmm. Then we extracted information from it and uh, you see it returns a couple of things like, you know, taxes, uh, what time this, uh, this was uh, processed, the total amount, uh, locale and so on. And um, since we don't need all the information like tax and uh, so on, like what we do is like we uh, put on this flag, keep only set. So whatever we set in this node is going to go forward. Everything else is going to be discarded. Okay. And finally, what we do is we append this into Airtable. So I'm going to move this aside. And here you see, uh, this is something that I passed earlier. And this was just uh, added to this expense tracker sheet. Um, and like shows the receipt URL and all the data that was passed out of this receipt. So this was sort of the workflow that our community member built. And um, what we did was uh, we created an app using Bravo Studio. So I loaded it here. Um, so, you know, we made this with Figma, original design that I had. Uh, we can, I can also share a link to this blog post. This shows like how you can do this uh, in detail. Wonderful. Um, so yeah, like um, my design was quite bad, but one of my colleagues helped me improve that. Has to screen, um, upload a receipt and uh, look at the older receipts. So this is the type form that we just saw. And the good thing on mobile is you can actually take an image, but also upload something that already exists. Right. That is a very crumpled receipt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And yeah, it, it finishes uploading. Uh, you submit it. And the workflow that I just showed runs in the background. Mm -hmm. And then you can you know, go back and load my receipts. And this shows you all the data. And this data is actually being pulled in from Airtable. So... Basically, you have a type form in Bravo Studio app, which is triggering that workflow. And then this data gets added to Airtable. And then the app is pulling this data from Airtable because it's been passed and so on. Right. So this is like the app that we made. That is so impressive. Oh my goodness. And obviously, I mean, you could use this at literally any industry, any business, even personal life. Like so, so impressive. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, it was a lot of fun to build as well because, um, all right, now that you asked, uh, like you mentioned uh, different industries, now I remember a personal project that I was working on. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I find it a bit difficult to sort of track the books that I've been reading and, um, you know, there's cool things like Goodreads and so on, but I always wanted my own app. Um, and uh, I've been looking to build an app for tracking the books that I've been reading and, you know, I set goals. It's like, okay, I want to be done with this book maybe by the end of the month, you know, depending on how big the book is. Right. And it, it tries to keep me on track. Like by now you should have reached page number this or so on. So using Airtable for its backend as well, it's not quite done yet, but you know, hopefully 
should be done with it soon so that I can share it with the community as well. Yeah, that is super cool. Yeah, I would love that as well. And it's so cool. You can build it for your personal life as well. I'm, I just built one, I'm planning a wedding and I, I plugged in my wedding date and it tells me in my checklist how many, all the things I should have had done already. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like, oh, it's overwhelming. Yeah. But that's super yeah. cool. So do you ever run into any issues with this app with a receipt that's way too crumpled or it, like the amount can't be read properly? Um, sure. I think that can happen. Like also if the image quality is not too good. Um, so like image, I think like Mindy generally is, is a very good tool. Um, also, I know that they recently released like a, you can train certain document types and make a custom API out of it. Um, so with NATN, you can also use custom APIs. So if there's a product or a service that doesn't have a node for anything yet, you can, uh, you know, use the API, uh, you can authenticate with it and still use it. So I think like that's something very interesting because like we have been talking a lot more about automating different things and metrics. Um, some things that we can't automate are, you know, financial stuff because banks are still sending, you know, bank statements, which are pieces of paper. So something like that could be very interesting to build uh, with the new custom API trainer that Mindy has, because then you can have a certain document type um, and then train it to recognize the data that you need for your apps. Exactly. Right. Kind of like, like parsing an email template or something. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And um, the last one that I had was uh, this node codex that we uh, created for the different nodes of NA10. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, like every node has different information for it. So we have a docs permalink. Um, so if you go to docs.na10.io slash nodes and slash this, that would open up the documentation for a certain node. Then, you know, we have the node name. So here we have a table, for instance, uh, we also have credential information for all the different nodes. Like, uh, so you want to authenticate Airtable, here's how to get your access token or uh, depending on how you are uh, authenticating the apps. And uh, this is something that we had to add manually uh, is like, what categories does it belong to? Mm -hmm. Since this is like the first document, it's going to be fun. And then we sort of add here, uh, have we written about this blog post? Have we written any content? So as you see, like, we have written some content piece on automating conferences with Airtable. So I think with there we mentioned about how we capture data with type form for participants and uh, create a custom badge for them using the information they get. Uh, so we use Banner Bear for that. And um, yeah, and this is the approved column. So you know everything looks fine. Multiple of us can go there and click on the approve button and some stuff, which is like, what's gonna be the file name, um, which goes in a very particular fashion as well. Like this was auto-generated too, like it's the node name plus dot node dot JSON. And this is the path, which is also related to sort of the node name. So a lot of this was populated, I think, except the blog post and the categories field was populated by an NA10 workflow. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so once we had this and somebody got a chance to review it, they clicked on this, and what happened then was this workflow uh, was run. I think it was running manually for now. So, you know, this the Airtable list. So this would get all the data from that Airtable base. 
And then we have a split in batches so that we can iterate. It serves sort of as a for loop uh, throughout the workflow. This if not checks, you know, has the approved box been checked? If not, then it's going to go to the next iteration. If it has been, uh, it's going to do some programming. We can also have like custom JS in here. So uh, things, if you want to do some data manipulation that is not possible yet with any uh, inbuilt core node, you can uh, write your own JavaScript functions. And uh, we get some more data uh, on blog posts and so on, create a JSON file. And uh, here we do another check because some nodes, for instance, don't have credentials associated with them. Example would be, you know, if node, uh, split in batches, start node, you know, these are core nodes, so they don't have any uh, credentials. And then we finally convert this to binary and write this uh, to the local NETN repository. So, you know, running this uh, would create, it would go through all of these different, uh, different nodes and see like, okay, gonna generate JSON files for it. And I can quickly show you how that would look like as well. Uh, so this is like a NADN local, uh, like I've cloned the repository locally. Um, so all these exist within, uh, sorry, wrong one, packages, node space, um, nodes. And let's maybe take a look at Airtable. We have Airtable.node.json. And if we open this, uh, we see that the workflow has written this JSON file for us, which contains all the information that we want. And this is gonna be read for um, our website later on, like it's gonna pull in data from uh, this file. Uh, we are also uh, gonna rehaul sort of how the new node section looks like. So we have a bit of categorization there. So it's like really uh, useful for us and it generates all of this, which would have uh, been a very annoying thing to do and would have taken a lot of time. So. Yeah, this is how we uh, automated like this uh, process of generating node codex file internally. I'm blown away. I I love that use case. Like you're you're using Airtable to kind of build your website on the back end, right? Yeah, yeah. So cool. And I love that it also offers the ability to have sort of manual checks because. Um, you know, we want to make sure that the JSON, file, JSON files don't get uh, generated incorrectly, um, at least for the first few times. So, you know, we have the ability to make sure like the categories are correct because there's some degree of human error as well. So, you know, we have proper uh, checks in place there. And I think um, this is still a bit manual at the moment, but what would be really cool to have in future um, and like this was built a while back. Now we have a Airtable trigger node, which is gonna enable even cooler stuff. So every time you know, a new version of NADN gets released, it's gonna add a new row to Airtable. Mm -hmm. And once that is done, another workflow can detect, oops, this, uh, this Airtable has a new row. It's gonna notify somebody, it's like, hey, can you add the details for it? Mm -hmm. And once the person does that and takes it off, what it's gonna do is gen generate it and then it's gonna create a pull request on GitHub. So we automate it one step further. Um, so that's something that we wanna improve on this uh, workflow. So it's like another iteration to make it a bit more automated. Of course. Yeah, that is awesome. I, my favorite part about all of that is the, that you have that ability to turn it into a for loop. So you can get more than one record and push them into different things that you need to do with it, which is something I think a lot of people struggle with when they're trying to build automations. Yeah, I think like there's a lot of things in terms of any 10, which makes it quite powerful. Um, 
I think like, you know, every day there's different apps coming through. And like, of course, this is going to take a while for different products to catch up in terms of creating nodes for it. You can still use uh, HTTP request node, for instance, to use these APIs. But also like for the nodes that we have, you know, uh, as you mentioned, like Airtable itself uh, releases rather quickly. Uh, it might also take a bit of time until like somebody requests to add a new feature. If that doesn't happen uh, immediately, like people can still use those features by writing, uh, by using like the HTTP request node or doing some manipulation with JavaScript in the function node. So I think that's like the sweet spot of the sort of this new generation of tools. Like it's not just point A to point B or like uh, small demos. It can re build really complicated stuff. And um, like we've been chatting with a couple of folks because I think like NADN is a really community-backed product. We have a strong community and the best part about it is it's all over the place. Like people are using NATN and like Airtable, these different products for so many different things. Last year, I learned somebody's using NATN. Uh, there's the Swedish company, Meranix, which is using NATN on ships, which is something that I would have never thought of. So it's just really cool to see like what people build. And it's just very really inspirational. Yeah, It really is. I couldn't agree more. I That's my favorite part about being involved in this community is seeing all the different use cases and how many how far it really stretches is so cool yeah yeah that's true excellent oh my gosh well that was so impressive thank you so much for sharing all of that and thanks for having me it was really fun yay of course and where can our listeners go to learn more about you and n8n um, for NATN, uh, I'd recommend coming onto our website, uh, NATN.io. Um, also, if you have any questions, we have a really strong community, uh, community.NATN.io. And um, if you want to get in touch with me, have any questions, uh, you can find me on Twitter, Tane1337, uh, same on LinkedIn. Uh, also, you can write to me at Tane at NATN.io. Perfect. And we'll put all of that in the show notes, of course. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Sinead. That was wonderful. It was a pleasure talking to you. Likewise. All right. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for watching. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to give it a like or hit us up on social at Built on Air. We always love to hear your comments and suggestions. And don't forget to subscribe to catch new episodes when they release. It helps us keep the podcast going.